Welcome to Rice is Rice, a podcast about the British East Asian experience where we talk about all things Asian and not. I'm Jem. I'm Connor. And I'm Akina. And I didn't before, but ever since getting with Connor, I regularly drink hot water in the mornings or when I'm not feeling well or just when I'm feeling a bit bloated. And I think it's more of an East Asian thing than... Mm -hmm. Because, like, we never did it. We don't, yeah. Filipinos generally don't do it. I don't know. Do, like, other East Asians, like uh, the Japanese or Koreans, is that something they do? I only know it's a Chinese thing. So maybe it's mainly a Chinese thing. I remember one time in um, year nine or something, I found out that drinking hot water isn't normal. So then I got, like, a piece of paper and I wrote at the top, um, people who drink hot water and I would ask and I asked everyone and I marked down <laughs> you made a poll <laughs> I did a poll with you and I marked down like every yes I got and I got some like the weirdest things when I asked people they were just confused and would basically say no yeah and then other people would be like oh uh, yeah in tea and I was like no no I mean like hot water on its own and they'd be like no that's weird and there's one girl's like oh no that's so unhealthy you shouldn't do that Oh, no, really? it's, it's good for you though, isn't it? It's supposed to increase yeah, your good. metabolism. Yeah, it is good for you. And that's what people what are finding called. out now. You know, those kind of like self-care type people. Like Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> like in her tribe. They're always like saying like it's a like it's a tip a that they've thing. just found out. Like yeah. you should drink hot water and put some lemon in it. It's the best. And it's like, mm. you know, the Chinese have been doing it for... <laughs> This week, our episode is served with self-confidence and imposter syndrome. Jem, do you want to describe kind of what basically is imposter syndrome? Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome is when you have achieved something or you've got like these great skills um, and you believe it's just down to pure luck that you didn't actually achieve it. You didn't actually do anything to get there. Um, And so you have this kind of like view on yourself that you're a fraud and you're just making everyone perceive you as being this like great achiever or successful person, but you didn't actually do anything to get there. Have you guys heard of this before kind of recently? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I only learned about it like this past year. How did you learn about it? Because I was talking about some like the stuff that had happened to me and I was like, but like, I feel like I was just lucky getting there. Like it wasn't, I didn't really do anything. I didn't work that hard. My friend was like, me, you're, that's imposter syndrome. Like, like, no, you did achieve that. You worked hard. You deserve every bit of achievement that you did. Like you don't, don't like minimalize like this achievement because you don't think you actually got it. And I didn't get it. I did, to be honest, I didn't really understand. And I still... I still now do it yeah and I have to keep reminding myself that like hey no that's just a really harmful way of thinking and it's like you're lowering your self-confidence and and like it's just not it's not a great mindset to have and it's something we need to change for sure it's a process um how about you oh yeah so but I learned from it from you yeah turns out I've had it my whole life though yeah because like when we were planning to do this episode I he was saying to me like I don't feel like um, I'll have a lot to talk about. And I was like, what? You, you looked at me like a fool. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You do it all the time. But I went through like a huge spat of just feeling down about... Uh, it was when I was first job searching because apparently I'm 
I'm cursed to like perpetual job search now. I just really didn't feel like any of the films that we made or any of the achievements or any of the jobs that I was involved in um, actually added to any of my own skill sets. And I felt mm. like, oh, it was all because I work with Charlotte a lot of the time. And I was like, oh, it was all Charlotte or, oh, it was all Connor. Why that project was good. Or, oh, I, I didn't actually do anything during that role when I was working for this company. I was just mm -hmm. there. And so I struggled a lot applying for things because I you didn't actually yourself. think I was qualified yeah. to send in an application for anything. And I went, I got really low and I was Googling like, mm -hmm. why do I feel like this? As you do. Um, and I came across the term. And ever since, it's it just knowing the definition really helps. Imposter syndrome is essentially a state of insecurity and self-doubt about one's ability and or achievements believing they are due to luck or having successfully deceived others into thinking they are smarter or more capable than they really are it's prevalent especially amongst women and women of color and it's a feeling of inadequacy and having a fear of being exposed as a fraud it's like the opposite of a uh, dunning-kruger yeah say like you have no idea about like neuroscience yeah um but because you don't know how much you don't know you think you know a lot it's a root of man's think, so you think like you're a genius but really you're not a genius that kind of thing because you just yeah. don't know how much there is still to figure out actually a thought that came into my head when you were um reading out the the official um definition of it and how it mm. pointed out that it's, it's particularly common in women and women of color um mm is that could it possibly be tied into the fact that um as women but also i think it, it happens to men too but that we're taught not to be um like overly confident and arrogant about our successes and to be like yeah humble and humble in, in turn word, yeah, yeah to being humble means that we end up just minimizing all of our um, achievements thinking like well it's not that great because I don't want to seem as though as I'm like up myself and then us constantly thinking that way has almost ingrained in our head that yeah know, I think that would be entirely enough. correct um, I, I think women of color and people of color in general I think suffer through it because they're just more susceptible i don't think we have imposter syndrome because we're people because of, of color yeah. i just think because of what the world treats us it, it mm -hmm. makes us more susceptible to mm -hmm. feeling those things um the caucasity effect is also like another reason why probably people of color have it more what's the caucasity yeah effect? what is the caucasity the caucasity effect you know when no <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the, i was like uh, no <laughs> is that is that is that caucasity? What is the way? You can't just repeat the word caucasity. Yeah, like, you're not explaining it anymore by repeating the same word. <laughs> what is that word made out from? Audacity. Caucasian. That's it. Oh, right. Yeah, but audacity. It's like Caucasian. <laughs> it's Caucasian. Yeah, it's Caucasian. Caucasian audacity. audacity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the caucasity effect is basically people of color know this, but like it's that confidence that false confidence that mm. white people have mm. especially when they talk about your culture to you or other age cultures yeah. but it can be also applied uh, to other things as well uh just that in general, white man energy that white yeah that white man energy um that can also be applied to like day-to-day -day office life especially if yeah. you work in the office office life for um sure. that is kind of also like probably a reason why 
But I, I read when I was researching for this that 70% of people, general people, go through these feelings. 70%? 70%, a lot of people. Because mm. when they tested it, um, uh, these two female psychologists tested it in their students first and then they tested it in various groups and they found that it appeared in most subgroups, women, mm. men. But we should really talk about how we've come to do this episode and we mm -hmm. need to reference another podcast called asian boss girl abg abg and it's an asian american podcast and they talk about imposter syndrome in one of their episodes also and they reference a article on the muse that kind of lists the five types of imposter syndrome so since they talked about it in terms of uh, the Asian American perspective, we're going to do what we do on this podcast and talk about the British Asian perspective. So, number one, the perfectionist. Perfectionism and imposter syndrome often go hand in hand. Think about it. Perfectionists set excessively high goals for themselves. And when they fail to reach those goals, they experience a major self-doubt. Whether they realize it or not, this group can also be control freaks, feeling that if they want something done right, they have to do it themselves. You said, Jem, that this mm -hmm. was one of the ones that you um, resonated with most. <laughs> and it's the very first one. I can it's imagine when you were reading it, you were like, oh, that's me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know when you like Google symptoms of like when you're ill and it's like you're yeah. self-diagnosing like oh, I'm the perfectionist. But then <laughs> equally like later on, like as Connor will go through the other ones, I, I feel like I resonated a little bit with each one. But yeah, th this being the first yeah, one, me I was too. like, oh shit. Yeah. I definitely have experienced this and I think I've always known that I'm I'm a perfectionist. Like when I do work, I want it to be like the best quality work that I'm going to produce. Like I don't see any point of like half-heartedly mm. doing something like it i mean it started in school i think growing up with parents who were like education is key i was always like i have to do the best i have to be the best kind of thing um get the 100 percent get, get the 100 percent yeah um yeah. and then i've mm -hmm. just been so used to setting such high goals for myself that i like most of the time i actually like i can't physically do everything that i want to do I, there's not enough hours in the day which is a shame <laughs> which is a, it annoys me and it's still something that i'm trying to like snap out of like just get it out there because perfectionism i think is whilst it's like in some parts like a good thing it can also again be very it can hold yeah, you back it can, it hold can you definitely back. hold you back because it's it's unattainable and so yes. you end up just wasting more time um and there's this quote that i always throw at connor when he's being a perfectionist because this is also one that you resonated say, with i'm definitely a perfectionist in some ways especially because yeah um when it comes to my own stuff and never finishing I've, the, the the problem i have the most is never finishing my own work because mm -hmm. i get to a point where too. it's like i can't be asked no i can't be asked it's like i don't like what is where what it's you've going. created yeah so i don't want to like continue and maybe come back mm -hmm. to it i just like stop there i'm like fuck it it's, it's not worked it's that's not that's really yeah. interesting yeah it's not um gone how it's supposed to go on the first try, so I'm going to give up now and do something else. Just so basically, it, yeah. I'm like, I have just like a million things just unfinished. I think it's yeah. the fear. It sounds like the fear of your theory of not being good enough. Good enough, um, yeah. You're scared of it actually taking form and being proved right. So you just don't finish it because mm -hmm. if it actually is proved right, then it yeah, would really hurt. Because if there's no product, then it can't be bad. <laughs> 
but the quote I was I was gonna say that I always throw at you is um best is good but better is best and I just really like wait say that again slowly best is good best is good but better is best so if you can get better every Mm -hmm. single day and just every single oh, thing you make growth. is better than the last the last yeah. then yeah. that's the best thing it's yeah, about yeah, not yeah. Okay, stopping if you can keep growing and not let that, that perfectionism yeah. stop you then that's the best thing for you okay number two is the superwoman slash superman effect uh since people who experience this phenomenon and convince their phonies amongst real like real deal colleagues they often push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up, but it is just a false cover-up for the insecurities and the work overload. Many harm not only their own mental health because of this, but also their relationships with others. Akina? <laughs> this is me all over. This is the mm-hmm. one that I most yeah. resonated with. Um, because, like, Connor gave me that look earlier, and it's because he's had to wrestle me out of doing more work so many times, and it's like... Like last week? <laughs> Yeah, like last week or the festival <laughs> I just did, I like pushed myself to an unhealthy point. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if I can say that I work the hardest, then maybe I deserve to have these titles. Mm-hmm. Is it for yourself or is it for like, if I work this hard, no one can fault me? I think it's bits of that as well, because I I feel like I'm not as talented. I mean, I compare myself to everyone around mm-hmm. me and if i don't feel like i'm as talented as them the least i can say is i work, is you work harder harder yeah. yeah but like if i lean on that too much like i said it becomes really unhealthy mm-hmm. i think in recent years this is what i'm turning into i see that especially when i moved into like the creatives because i think for me i could always rely on like like education i think with creatives it's different there's no like right or wrong I used to be like this. You used to? Before. Do you think with um, your dance? Because you were you were really into your no. dance. Were, were you never like <laughs> no, that? With that? No, no. <laughs> that was such a quick... No, no. no. Um, no, I think I used to be like this. But then I got to a point after like my first job or something. That I was like, why am I... like? I'm not here because I love the job. I'm mm-hmm. here to make money while mm-hmm. my work is so hard out of hours and stuff. This is pointless. So after that point, I was like fuck this man i'm gonna do work for what i get paid for because it's a job um and then and then like i read this really interesting thing online this is when people weaponize imposter syndrome um basically this teacher online says this whole do it for the kids type mentality is really bad um because at the end of the day she's a teacher mainly because she needs money to survive on and to feed her family but this whole do it for the kids mentality is like, oh yeah, shouldn't you just be doing this for the children instead of worrying about money, you selfish bitch? You know? Because obviously teachers don't get the best salary for their support. I don't know about this country, but in other countries, they had to pay their own pocket for supplies yeah. and stuff. Um, so this was this is kind of like weaponizing that superwoman, superman type mentality, I guess. I want to quickly touch on, on, you know, the last part of that where it says like whether it's ever affected like your relationships. Has it affected? Because mm. I know with me, this has affected my relationships a lot. So I want to know with mm. you two, has that had a huge impact? Um, I'd be really interested to hear what you, you think. Because <laughs> obviously uh, I'm the one who does 
go through this um, mm-hmm. superwoman effect. Yes, um, so I does. think it'd be useful to hear from you. <laughs> it does in a way that's because um, f- for me, it's obvious that you're overworking yourself. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm like, oh, let's watch TV, let's chill out, you need to take a rest. Um, Oh, tell me this sounds familiar, Kina. I'm like, oh, we need to take a rest. You need to eat something. You're like, oh no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I ate, I ate a few hours ago. Or mm-hmm. it's fine. I have water. Or it's fine. It's not. It's not even that hard. I'll just carry on. <laughs> when it comes to your work-life balance, mm-hmm. imagine it as a stool, okay, with three legs. Mm-hmm. You can't just have one long leg and then two stubs because mm-hmm. then that's not a stool. You can't sit that's on that. That's a really good. That's a good analogy. metaphor. Yeah, it's like it's really good. Um, there's your routine things which is like uh groceries or brushing your teeth washing your face you know all, all of these like mm-hmm. things you have to do there's your necessary things which are like uh your job your uh your i don't kids, know working out if you have kids, children, yeah. yeah and then your pleasurable activities which is stuff you know you do to chill out and watch tv and watch film read uh take a walk whatever and she said I was going on to her about how I'm not, like, you know, I don't have a good life balance. And she mm-hmm. just said, just think of it as, as a three-leg stool and make sure all three of those legs are always the same length. Otherwise, you're just going to fall over. I really like that. It's good. Mm-hmm. I do feel bad for you when I go through um, moments like that because you have to you deal with... You feel bad when um... you tell me to shut up, though, do you? <laughs> no, well, that's not my point. I feel bad <laughs> after. <laughs> Um, because I see how you have to like deal with, deal with it, yeah. breakdowns uh, after I've pushed myself over the limit. That's the um, thing. Yeah. Like, or just like, it's like in the most my compass- health breaking down. Yeah, it's like in the most compassionate way saying I told you so. Not mm. like, I told you so, but like, mm-hmm. like I saw, you, you can see it. It's you like uh, watching slow car crash. Mm. And you just, just kind of like, want like, to look after them. Yeah, yeah. But they, they're um, not like listening. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, hard. Yeah. It's hard to realize you're doing it when you're doing it. Anyway, the yeah. next one, number three, the natural genius. Oh, who's Young? Is he the philosopher? Young is the psychologist, the psychologist. that wrote this okay. type. Yeah. Um, Young says people with this competence type believe that they are a natural genius. As such, they judge their competence based on ease and speed, as opposed to their efforts. In other words, if they take a long time to master something, they feel shame. I start off saying that I was like this when I was younger because I was pretty I think you're like this now uh, am I oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah because literally the perfection stuff I was seeing when I'm doing something and it's not working straight away then I yeah yeah so it's it's I think it goes hand in hand the perfectionist thing yeah I think this one <laughs> this was definitely maybe the thing that uh, that affected me the most when I was younger and still has its implications now um, mm-hmm. because I like we mentioned earlier I did very well in school I was always straight A's um, well straight A stars for the most and so I was like the high achiever um, and I relied on the fact that like I never really revised for exams I just seemed to yeah like here like naturally just got it naturally just like it was able to remember oh the god i hated you for that yeah. when we were kids i remember i remember you said like i hate I you am and not, i was like <laughs> i am not a naturally smart person at all mm-hmm. like i really have to study for it and that's and the thing because so, like, even my parents yeah. say that because um 
the difference between me and my younger sister Alex is that my parents said to me that you are naturally clever and your little sister she has to study more and they were saying that if I just had the same work ethic that she had I'd be an even better person so like I've always had yeah. that in my head I was like I I'm like naturally clever um but then when it got down to then if I like started struggling like after when I got to uni and I started struggling in remembering things or like I just law was so fucking difficult yeah and I, I wasn't though, getting as high grades as like I used to be I thought well I've I peaked in school I'm getting dumber and dumber I'm not gonna achieve anything I'm not gonna be the best in class and it, yeah at the beginning it really like I was stressed out by the thought of it because I've never experienced not being on top being this like natural just when you're just naturally clever at things um you don't develop a good work ethic mm. yeah because i've noticed that just now on this podcast i had Live. an epiphany that i was like is that why i don't have a great work ethic when it comes to stuff i don't like doing because i'm you have to I work harder at it right yeah because i'm naturally yeah. clever so i'm like oh don't get it it's fine i'll just get something else later i'm like i can't be asked to do it but people yeah. like you and jerry who just constantly st like study and get better type you know that's that's how that works even though like i know that's how that works but i'm like at the same time but we've developed like a laziness because yeah, we've been like able to rely to on our natural like cleverness wow, that's really interesting how that harms you i think this sounds like the the most harmful uh not harmful but this one seems like the one that holds you back the most it, yeah i think so um I this is the one that I identify with like one of the ones I identify with least um, mm -hmm. but I do see myself doing it when I'm too afraid to say I don't know or at school or in the workplace uh, Google would be my best friend because it's like why would I admit to not knowing when I can just Google it and pretend I knew all along. Yeah. Um, and I think that hurts you because like you miss out a lot of the stuff that your boss or your teacher could have taught you about it even yeah. better than Google would have. Exactly, um, yeah. Uh, and I just, I'm. this is one of the things I'm trying to get over. I'm trying to be okay with saying like, I actually don't know what that means. Yeah, that's the thing. I have such a fear of like being perceived as dumb that like yeah. even with my work now if i i get given a brief and I, I actually spoke about this with my boss we do like these catch-ups on like how can you improve and one of the things i always talk to him about is that i need to get better at asking for help because yeah. sometimes things are given to me and i literally i'm looking at it like i don't know like what the fuck i'm supposed to do with this but i'm not gonna ask anyone for help because i need to prove then my place people here. would know yeah and then people will know that like I don't deserve my place here. I don't think I have a problem asking for help, but I think I have a problem um, in this category as making bad things and like the shame that comes with mm. that, right? And not mm -hmm. being able to do it. And like the best thing I heard, I think it was from, it was from some filmmaker, but basically he said, um, just make shit. Not just make shit, but make shit. Like shit things. Mm -hmm. I told you that. <laughs> I think I got it. I think I got it from a filmmaker, yeah, to be fair. I don't think you told me that. But I told you about the filmmaker that said that. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, <laughs> the, the, yeah, so the piece of advice is just to make shit things. Like, obviously not in a workplace, because obviously, it's, you know, you're getting paid for that. Mm -hmm. But like, for your own creative endeavours, don't 
worry too much about what you're gonna make right now as being really good. Just if it's if it's shit, continue on and finish finish it through because how are you supposed to improve basically if you don't make shit things? You don't know what's good. <laughs> yes. That ties into your perfectionism that you said earlier that yeah, you yeah. These, start these something two are, and you're like, I'm not gonna finish it. So they tie yeah, into these two are very, well. very, very like intertwined as um mm-hmm. aspects. Interesting. And I think that's why both uh, of us have been before this meeting we were like i said natural genius and perfectionist was mine and it's the same with you yeah, and it is because they tie together so. really well yeah uh number four the soloist sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their phonies and what young calls soloists it's okay to be independent but not to an extent that you refuse assistance so that you can prove your worth yeah yeah i think that that's the point that i raised earlier of, of not asking for help or saying mm-hmm. you don't know when you actually don't know i think um, this um is similar ish to the one before in terms of when i just yeah. said that i struggle asking for help but what i don't have a problem with is if someone offers me their help i'm like okay there if if someone like i have i love working in a team i love cooperation and all that kind of stuff like i think it's great and i like the social aspect um and i think the great thing about my team right now like i think they know that i would never ask first for help but they will come to me and be like hey jim i'm kind of free do you need help with anything um or no you're working on this project and then because they opened it i'm like actually yeah this i could you do with a little bit of help there and it doesn't make me feel as like dumb i know that's mm. probably that's probably more of an ego thing numero cinco that's, it's five right yeah okay <laughs> the expert experts measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do believing they will know enough they fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable oh this this is you so the first one says do you shy away from applying for job postings unless you meet every single educational requirement and that's always you yeah it's it's what i was saying at the very beginning of this episode um this is one of the ones that i do identify with um because the first bullet point on this article is someone who doesn't apply for things uh, when they don't meet all of the criteria. And I'm trying not to do that as much now because I just see how many white men, again, apply for things that they're very, like, they qualify for just one point of the criteria. And then their charm um, and white man energy kind of takes over and people trust them, even though, mm-hmm. like, clearly they're not as qualified and they trust them to be able to do the work. And I'm trying to get into my mind, like, Maybe I just need to put myself out there even if I can't be the expert in things um, straight away. But it makes me so uncomfortable because, I I mean, all of my um, a lot of my titles in the Mm -hmm. past, I have had relatively high ranking titles, production manager, production distribution executive, like manager and executive have those ideas of like someone who knows what they're doing. But Mm -hmm. I have never had a role in my life where I felt like I knew what I was doing. Like I have always not known what I was doing, but I couldn't let them smell that in me. Mm -hmm. I always had to be like, they need to feel like I know what I'm doing. So... I put on this kind of mask. Yeah, I think, and I think you've always done this. I think friends are 
uh, friends and loved ones friends and loved ones are more able to spot this out um mm-hmm. but i think you really 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 underestimate yourself because i'm not even here yes, like trying to rave about does. you but like i have always had this huge and i've always said this to you that i've always had this huge admiration for you and how hard working you are but you don't realize your talents your like work ethic like i i would never be able to do half the things that you get done and you do it all really well and i guess that is yeah. again it's part of the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome and i think so you saying that like you shy away from applying to job postings i mean I- i've I've never really had that problem. I kind of like see that like, oh yeah, I'm probably un- unqualified for this, but I'm going to apply for this anyway. And as long as I get an interview, I think I could talk myself into it. But I think you that's the that mindset that I really like. Huh? <laughs> you have that. Everyone has a white voice, but you have that white man energy inside How you, do you as well. How do you get that? I need to I don't know. You know I think my you know parents what? have just always said that like, put your mind to it, you'll be able to do it. And they've always said to me, is, because yeah. I'm per- quite like personable, if you get yeah, into yeah. the room, you could probably chat shit enough to like, get the yeah. job. And I feel like that's how I got that. a lot of what Do you know what I've your done? problem is? <laughs> What's with, my problem? With um, job things. You apply for jobs that your experience matches it, but you don't think about your skill set and then what you what your yeah, skill set can apply to Because you could to totally, that. totally, totally get the like great jobs because you, know I mean? you have such yeah. a wide skill set. And you don't also think work about ethic. the future. Yeah, you don't think about like what you can possibly do. You think only about what you have done and then basically doing the same thing again for someone else. Yeah, like I know that now because I've sat through so many interviews where at the end they'd be like, you know you're overqualified, right? And I'm like, just give me the job. (laughs) Like, it's fine. But then now we move on to the conclusional paragraph about how this affects specifically... The BC community. So how does imposter syndrome kind of manifest itself specifically in our communities? I was thinking about this earlier and I have two ideas that I noted down. Um, Do you guys have any ideas uh, or like memories of how it kind of manifested in yourselves? Uh, Yes, I think um, it's it's a major thing uh, for... I'm going to say East Asian because mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident that East Japanese, Korean, and Chinese mm-hmm. work ethics are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, about not, you should never show that you don't know how to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's like shameful. Mm-hmm. And um, you should always make sure you know what you're doing. Um, because I think the whole aspect of if you don't know what you're doing, then you're wasting not just your time, but everyone else's time yeah. as well in your workplace or whatever your work group you're working in so i think imposter syndrome is massively under the radar Mm. in Mm -hmm. asian communities east asian communities what about you gem i think it's a lot of it's like the perfectionism um of always being the best always being Mm. you know a hundred percent a hundred like you're kicked out if you didn't get an a star exactly you have to you have to be the best especially like as immigrants Mm. you have to prove you your fight. place there yeah you have to fight for your place and also you're lucky to have what you have you're lucky yeah. to have like free education so mm. make the most of it and be the best um and the other thing i would say is also the superman su- su- superman why did i say that weird superman, superman. and <laughs> superman. 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 superman and <laughs> 
superwoman and the superman um bit because again as like immigrants you have to work hard that is something um, that i've seen in my parents that they're like work as hard as they can it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if you're stressed at the end of the day you have to keep working and if you know and i've seen this with other filipino families um i mean i can only speak for filipino families it's the only thing i've seen but if money isn't coming in then you'll find other ways to make money Mm. and it doesn't matter how tired you are you have to keep working um and you kind of almost never feel enough. Yeah, there's almost no time for confidence. You just have to look at the bottom yeah. line. Like, what there's no time are to you breathe. breaking in? Yeah, yeah and there's also, and I think it's... that's why, like, mental health is also, like, kind of put on a back burner. You have no time to think yeah. about, like, do I feel okay about this? I think, um, I don't, I'm not going to blame parents' generation mm. or people's parents in general for causing this. Because no one goes, no one says stuff to you hoping down the line it's got to cause you to have a poster syndrome in the future mm. but i think the mentality of work first play later in mm-hmm. asian cultures is like a huge contribution to it um because you put you know all this pressure on you, your children and your like younger generation people to you know work as best as they can mm. get the most as they can so they are super secure or whatever um Obviously, it's from a loving place because they just want you to be safe and secure in the future and you know, have a good life. Yeah. But that also causes all the imposter syndrome because you're working constantly in the massive pressure to get perfect. Um, no, they don't expect you to get perfect scores, but they push you to get the best score like possible. Um, out of out of love in a in a weird immigrant yeah, it way. is out of love. Yeah, yeah. it is completely but out that, of love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in a weird way it's almost i think i know i've had these conversations with my parents that they're pushing us to be the best because yeah they want to show everyone that we deserve to be here do you think imposter syndrome manifest because asian um upbringings manifest it but also being in western society yeah. It's kind of like the opposite. Yeah, because we see the white kids get celebrated for like a C. And praised for, like, yeah, 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 that's what I was thinking. Like they get praised for getting C's and B's. But when we get C's and B's, we get like... So we see the difference yeah. and we're like, we must not be as good because we're not celebrated for we need to work harder to get... Because we will see the praise that exists. Yeah. And we want to work as hard as possible to get that. Maybe. Or something... Like the mix between the Western and East Asian, mm. Southeast Asian upbringing is like probably not a good mix Maybe. for imposter syndrome. But another thing I remember is like during parents' evening when both of my parents came, we were walking through the um, schoolyard when we passed one of my English teachers. I must have been like early years of secondary school um, and she was telling my parents like oh she's a very good student she's very quick to pick stuff up um, and when she walked away both my parents agreed like oh she was just flattering us you know it wasn't really? like really she's flattering us I remember thinking that I'm like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I was always pushed to be the best and like to do the best but I don't think we were necessarily like punished if we weren't it just mm. became a thing that like that is what's expected mm. um and it's uh, primarily it was just down to like proving our place here i think when connor i think you mentioned earlier that you think it all came from a place of love and it totally did 
um, because I know with my parents, it was the fact that they didn't, they wanted us to be the best because they didn't ever want anyone to look down on us. And because mm. us already appearing different and there's already something clear to differentiate us, they didn't mm. want any kind of like failure to be another thing mm. for someone yes. to point out at. Yeah. Yes, yeah, why um, say the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, like you're it's somehow a representative of Filipinos. Oh, well, not that, but... <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't think it's represented. I don't think they ever viewed it yeah. as like oh, really? they. They said, "For my, my parents said, um, do the best, so there's never they that you can never give them excuse like that you're not good." Mm. You know, yeah. Ma- mm. it was mainly for dance stuff. Like if you do your best, best, best prelim, then there's no way they can not put you through because to everyone else, it's very obvious that you should be. You know, that you mm-hmm. should have gone through. Um, yeah, it's like that type of thing. Yeah, when we first moved to this country actually my parents always say this story um there was a philip well half filipino family like the wife was filipino the husband was white and they had a mm-hmm. pool in their house and we were like we'd come round we were around for a barbecue and i think the dad had said to my dad you know that your kids will probably never get into oxford and cambridge right like they probably will never do well enough in school and kind of like what? Yeah, something along those lines. Um, basically, just like putting us down to my dad. My dad was so hurt hearing it. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait what? Why? What is, what, I don't know. Is this I don't know. I'm not telling the story like as accurately. Like every time dad says it, actually, like it, it hurts me because I can't imagine yeah. what it would have felt like as a parent to have heard that. Yeah. Um, so weird. Yeah, basically saying that we weren't going to do well enough and also the fact that like we were Asian, like just pointing things out and I think this guy maybe thought that oh, I'm doing them a favour to like warn them because we just yeah. moved to the country. But that's not the stereotype. But it's still it not a great thing to like... hear. Um but yeah so he like gave my dad this warning and it's really sad and i think my dad always he and i know he kept it because he says the story all the time Mm. i think that also affected his kind of out outlook on our Mm. education how he was like i want you to try hard because i don't want anyone to say that to you um and i don't want anyone to make you feel like you're any less than what you are so work hard and be the best to prove those people wrong yeah 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 it's really sad it's really really sad upsetting and it does make sense like you gotta we feel like we always have to earn like you said the the respect and yeah exactly the right to be in these spaces Mm -hmm. oh Um, and also the whole thing about agents not showing off like not being like loud mouth mm. you know about um like i can do this i can do that like like you're supposed to be humble yeah yeah like, supposed to be, like humble. Earlier, that yeah. is also like another massive thing that affects i think so but we touched on stereotypes a little bit there while you were telling your story but i, I it just made me remember like i think stereotypes uh, is also one reason that um we're subject to imposter syndrome more because I feel like a lot of kids and teachers at school saw me a particular way. Um, The quiet girl, smart girl, because I was Asian. Mm -hmm. And I felt because I'm not naturally smart, but because they said those things about me and I acutely knew that it was wrong. I had this view like, 
well, clearly I can put on some kind of appearance for other people to be convinced that I am like that. Yeah. So when I achieve things maybe i'm doing the same thing maybe it's not real that's just their perception of me i'm not actually smart like they say i am or i'm not actually so like a literal imposter syndrome like, like a literal people. imposter syndrome because of the stereotypes that are put on you that you know are wrong so you're like to if live, they you're trying to live up to a racist yeah, view yeah, if they can if they can put these things on me then I don't know. Maybe like I can fool them into doing like you're, other like things. because you're not the stereotype. You get really self conscious that you're not the stereotype. And yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I yeah. understand it. I don't think I ever felt it though. Let's not end on a downer though. <laughs> Let's not end on a downer. Do you guys have any things to share with the people listening on how you've been trying to combat these feelings of imposter syndrome? Because even though it has the word syndrome in it, it's not actually like. A mental illness or a fault on our part it's a it's, it's a feeling and we can work our way past <laughs> feelings yeah. um so do you guys have any techniques to share my technique <laughs> is called fuck them bitches technique <laughs> where fuck them bitches they don't know nothing okay <laughs> if you're happy with what you're doing then just do it also make yeah. shit yeah make shit that was a really make good shit one that was a good, a really one. good one yeah. and fuck them Fuck and them the, the stool idea, the stool. I oh, love that metaphor. Yes. I loved that metaphor. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, thanks to my therapist who said that. Yeah. Jem, do you have anything to share? Um, I think it is a long and hard process and it's going to be something mm. that you should consistently work on. Um, for me, what's helped is like just speaking to people about it. Um, talk yeah. to your friends, talk to your families and even like state to them that you're in you're insecure about such and such and you don't think you did any achievements for me what's actually helped is like talking about it and them saying hold on hold on hold on it it helps because then you can try to start view it in their eyes and i what i've done is start thinking like if they were my friend and they had said the stuff that i had said what would i say to them it's yeah. a process it is, you it keep is going kind of, yeah it is keep kind going. of that but not that at the same time that kind of yeah. like just stop, but obviously, you know, you can't just stop. Yeah. But it is kind of like, it is kind of like, it is mostly in your mind. Most mm-hmm. people have it. You, you know, you're you're better than you think you are, unless you mm-hmm. have done a Kruger effect, which you're not. So <laughs> calm the fuck down. I think you're absolutely right about um, having conversations with other people because, like I said at the beginning, they found seventy percent of everyone has this. So most likely, the people who you're around also have these feelings i think it really helps to just know that other people also feel like an imposter and a fraud sometimes and it's not just you alone mm-hmm. um and if you're asian it's okay not to get the a star yeah you know for sure um one thing, that's, one thing that's really been helping me on like my discomfort with taking praise is keeping like a praise bank almost i seriously do this so like because i find it so hard to accept it i'm practicing how to Mm -hmm. accept it um and i'm whenever i get these thoughts like oh i'm a fraud i'm not actually all of these things i don't actually have all of these skills i look at my praise bank of like (laughs) just screenshots oh screenshots screenshots that people have sent me like people i work with uh, on various shoots and they're like oh you did this really well or like paragraphs that they send me of why like 
they feel like I'm good at what I do. And I screenshot it and I keep it somewhere. And I look at it again when um, I'm not feeling good about myself. Or like on LinkedIn, there's things where you can, people leave recommendations for you. That's a really good place to keep your praise. (laughs) Um, Request them from the people who you've worked with before. Because I think when you put yourself on the line and request a recommendation from someone on LinkedIn, you remember the reasons why you deserve to work at the jobs that you're applying for. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly. that's one way that I'm trying to combat it. You've got to feel yourself. you got to feel yourself. And it's also okay if you're not doing great. There's growth and just... Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, better to know that you're not doing great because then you know you're going to improve. Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. Okay, so that's our episode <laughs> this week. I hope that it's given some people some light in their week. It's mid-week. a long episode. It's a long episode, but it I'm pretty confident episode. that everything that we've said feels like has to be said. Mm-hmm. And so if you've enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more, where can they find us, Connor? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can... <laughs> Follow us on the Twitters at RiceisRice underscore pod. You can go to our website, which is RiceisRice.buzzsprout.com. And you can follow our shiny new Instagram page, RiceisRicePod, where we will connect with you, DM us, slide into those DMs, you know, we're open. It's all good. And if people are wondering when to listen to the next episode, when can they listen to the next episode, Gem? Every Wednesday on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and any other podcasting site you listen to. And don't forget, we would really, really appreciate um, some feedback and and some good reviews on um, Apple Podcasts, is it? Yeah, you, do you can on just do it in app. Not Spotify, but Not Apple Podcasts. Do it no. in app. It's so fine. on Easy. Apple Podcasts, it would really... Do is a great deal. Akina needs more things in her praise jar. We need to help yeah, Akina through and to know that she's yeah. a great, great, great gal. Um, it's called a praise bank, actually. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what did I call it? A praise jar. jar. Oh. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't jar. condescend sorry, her praise. praise. Yeah, she needs a whole bank for it. A bank. I need a bank. <laughs> Guys, help us. I need to withdraw <laughs> and deposit more praise. And don't forget to get some rice in your life. Bye.